0: It's up the 60s and 70s. iRadio
1: 76. CKIW. CKIW. iRadio 76 proudly presents The 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? This always gets kind of fun because we we did this once before with this gentleman. (laughs) And we're going to see if we can't get uh, lightning to strike twice. God help us. It's doing the...
0: This call is being routed by Google. Good. This call is two cents per minute.
1: Let's go. Do you see how much money that we actually pay for this guy? That's how much money we like him. Coming out out of nowhere, coming out of the, the... land down under. We should have Alan Ward any time now. Or maybe we don't. <laughs> Where can he be now? Anyways Alan Ward will be calling the shot or calling the um the race over at Dragway 42. Makes it kinda interesting yeah. for us. Alan Yes. Hi John Saver here man How are you buddy? Dandy, glad to see that you got to the phone. We're getting a little worried.
2: Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, we um, went out last night, and I had it on silent, and I still hadn't bring it back up. But I was (laughs) waiting for your call, mate,
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dandy, I mean, everybody's getting their pillow ready to go to bed. However, we wanted to make sure uh, we said howdy-do to Y-O-U. Only because that we got we just had Don Moyer on um, a couple of days ago, and he's all yep. geeking up and looking forward to this, and so are we. And and we told him, we can't wait to have Alan and us in the booth, and the only folks that are up in the booth this year. So <laughs> <laughs> you made your, you put your point across, did you, John? Yeah, I think <laughs> we we kind of got that. Geez. <laughs> I'm telling you, take a look at where the ratings started to drop and you can trace it back to. Anyways, what time are you going to be there? You're going to be there Thursday? Yes, yeah, we fly in. We get into at 11 o'clock on
2: Tuesday night um, uh, into Cleveland and then um, with Ken and Denise for a couple of days. And then uh, Tommy Swanson's giving me his motor home again. Wow. And so we we will live in luxury for the time that we were there <laughs> and uh we'll be heading out to the track uh possibly Thursday afternoon, evening or something, because I believe the um driver's briefing is around about ten o'clock on the Friday morning. So we will be stuck into it, mate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean Danny's telling us that he's looking for at least five hundred cars.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to Don about a week ago and um, just had a bit of a laugh. And you know, I said, how many entries? And he says, oh, I hate to think And I said, the more entries, the more headaches. He goes, exactly. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but this year he's telling us that he hired a professional guide in the lanes to keep everybody going.
2: Oh, good gig. Yeah. Um, a, a good track manager and start line um, makes a big difference. You know, when you've got a good meeting director, and a good track manager and big Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Mac, uh, Matcham, he'll be keeping the track up the scratch with maintenance all the day. And um, with a, a good track manager, good r- uh, race director and everything like that, mate, meetings just keep going. You just keep pushing them through. And if someone's got a problem, we try and help them out as per normal. And, uh, yeah, look, the, the whole idea is, uh, and, and I'll mention this, and Don will probably mention it too at the briefing, if you have a problem with a car, please come up, see Ellen on the microphone. I will announce it throughout the pit and everything like that. If someone's got a part, please go to that pit and, you know, the the, the sequence, help them out and uh, get them going again. So, plus there'll be plenty of uh, other people, you know, like the 501 converter people and Harlan Sharp will be out there anyway. So parts uh, will be readily available anyway, you know, Batman and all those people itself, the Hutters and everything yeah so you'll see all, you'll see a lot of um, local workshops and local parts you know like Mike Kostick from Summit will be there all weekend, so I'm, I reckon his phone will be run off the, the handle too. so um, just you know keeping people running, it's the fun of the meeting as well as as the meeting itself.
1: Yeah, considering that some of these cars are not brand new and parts do break, I'm surprised that Summit's there. that's cool. Well, Mike works
2: for Summit, and his father, uh, Rick, and brother and family, Crystal, and his beautiful girlfriend, Allie, they'll be there for the weekend. Um, he's got a Chevrolet Biscayne, a Blue 63, uh, called Past Tense.
1: uh-huh
2: and uh, it's an absolutely magic-looking machine, so you'll see Rick Costic racing there for the weekend. And Mike works for Summit, and a lot of people know that with Mike, so that... Uh, he'll be a busy boy if someone breaks. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, but did you see all the things that are going to be at uh, Rock and Race this year, Alan? I mean, they're going to have burnout contests, wheelie contests. They're going to have a yes. bracket race in the middle of all this. What? Yeah, that'll be good fun. It's it's all to um, uh, Don's doing a
2: fantastic job of encouraging. People who think you know they're sitting back and they say, oh yeah, the rock and race. We might not go. Oh, hang on, hang on. Look, they've opened the brackets so that we can run. And and when you look at it, you know you can have your million dollar cars, or your, your cars that cost you a couple hundred bucks. You can go out there and have a bit of fun because it looks like a rat rod or whatever. <laughs> and opening as many brackets as you can to encourage more people because, as you and I well know, drag racing is a fantastic sport. Not only the sport itself but the people you meet. You know, you, you, that drag racing family becomes a huge family, mate. Right? And, you know, I love going over there, you know, meeting you and Sue last year mm-hmm. and the CKIW Radio 76 out of Detroit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and just doing all that, mate, you know. Um, it is fantastic fun to get across there. And as we did last year when we started the stream, I put that on my Facebook page. And we actually had friends of mine from Australia watching it. and I've let a lot of people know. And uh, I'll be letting a lot of people know over this weekend because it's, what, midday Saturday here at the moment. Uh, so the world hasn't ended because it's tomorrow in Australia already. So <laughs> that, that's, that's one thing in the favourite <laughs>
1: That's something to look forward to. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, look,
2: the, the world won't end today, mate, because it's already tomorrow in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And you will get to meet my beautiful partner, Claire. Yeah, um, she'll be accompanying me this, this year and coming over here to meet my drag racing family and the Kennedys, my, my identical twin brother, Ken. Wow. <laughs> you met Kenny last year, didn't you? Um, there were some I folks... think he did. He, he came up into the box a couple of times. Um, last year we had Colin and Ann Griffin, who is the current Supergas Australian champion. Well, unfortunately, they won't be here this year, but I've spoken to a few of the boys uh, over here in Australia, and there's a lot of them who would like to come across to the States and do a little bit of a tour. So what I'm going to do is try and incorporate the rock and race for next year uh, so that when they're traveling around, they go to Las Vegas, they match, you know, Atlanta, Phoenix, et cetera, like that, and they get up to Dragway 42 for the and uh, Race. So hopefully, maybe not next year, but the year after, something like that, we'll have a lot of Aussies hanging around saying, G'day, mate.
1: Wow, you know, you could almost have your own tour group.
2: <laughs>
1: Alan Ward's
2: that That's something I'd love to have. Uh, because when you when you get a group tour going, like you know, I go through a company called Expedia, and they have been unbelievable, yeah. Um, with their arrangements and management and everything, and uh, as you, you, you like most companies, John, as you well know, you keep using the company, you get more points, etc. And um, already uh, I, we're staying in a motel in Melbourne the night before we fly out, and it's costing me twenty one dollars. Wow, hey! And, yeah, and that's just through the points. Um, so I, I we, Claire and I stay in this motel the night before, which is usually around 120 bucks. But because of my points I can use up, we decide to use them there. Um, so it's costing me, like I said, 20 odd $21 to stay in a motel overnight. We get up at about 6, 7 in the morning, drive out to the jetport parking, leave my car there, they'll shuttle us to the airport, And we'll be at the airport about 9 o'clock to go through all the rigmarole. And then we'll jump on the big silver bird. Um, We're going through Qantas. And then once we get into America, it'll be uh, American Airlines. Uh, We go to Dallas, then from Dallas to Cleveland. And then on the way back, we we actually go through Chicago to San Diego because we'll be in San Diego for 10 days. And then we drive up to um, LAX and head out from there to Brisbane, then back down to Melbourne, then drive home. So all up, we're going to be probably travelling about 26 hours so with stopovers. Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, It'll be good, mate. I, I, I don't care how long it takes. I'm just looking forward to getting there.
1: <laughs> how many days are you going to be in, in America, Alan? Uh, we arrive
2: on the 4th, on the 11th, on Independence Day, Um Wow, which is uh, 11 o'clock at night, and we ended up we end up leaving on the 22nd um, out of LAX. So we're going to be here for wow. about three weeks. But Claire, my, my partner, she has got a fa- she's got family in uh, San Diego. Her eldest daughter and husband and grandkids live in uh, San Diego. So. We'll be there for about 10 days, which would be good because I can go and have a look at all those big aircraft carriers. <laughs> have Hopefully you... I can see the Nimitz or the uh, the Reagan or something like that. Hopefully they are docked while I'm there because apparently they're the biggest carriers in the world.
1: Have you ever been to San Diego, Alan? No, no, just about wow. everywhere else except San Diego. Mm. I mean, that's the place that people kill to go to because the temperature is Always beautiful, twenty four seven, three sixty five. However, mm. if you want to live there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better be a doctor.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Well,
2: Corey's a golf professional, so um, he works for Titleist. So Jeez. that's where we'll be staying. And Megan, uh, Claire's eldest daughter, a gorgeous lady. Um, she's a pharmacist, and they've got three kids. So I'm looking forward to catching up with the kids. They're good fun. And, uh, yeah, just listening to their little American
0: accents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Uh, how long does it take you to to adapt to the accent over here?
2: Oh, um, just remembering um, Americans actually speak. Just a slight bit slower than Australians. That we tend to rush our words. <laughs> so when I when I'm over, I try and slow mine down a little bit. Yeah, uh, and add a few extra R's into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know the funny thing but, is that when we got back last year, we went on YouTube and we, we there's surprisingly there's a lot of YouTubes. That uh, videos that will teach you how to speak Australian. Now you get to oh, pick which dialect you want in Australia.
2: Yeah, we can do we can do a quick course when I get there if you like. <laughs> you know, we can gather, <laughs> gather people around and teach them to say "g'day, mate."
1: <laughs> yeah, but we thought you know that's the most hokiest thing. I mean, for uh, you know, I, I'm almost embarrassed for. You know, Americans, when they come up to you, and they always have to do the shrimp on the Barbie thing because we saw that on a commercial. Uh-huh. Or, you right. know, do you have a Foster's? And it's like, oh, my God.
2: Mm. Yeah, but that part of it. Um, you know, Australia, uh, we take a lot of Americanisms, too. You know, guys, um, it used to be we were pounds, shillings, and pence till 1966, and then it became dollars and cents. Yeah. And as soon as it became dollars and cents we started using the Americanism of you know, instead of a hundred dollars, a hundred bucks. So we use a lot of Americanisms <laughs> and you don't realise until you actually get out here the amount of American companies throughout Australia, McDonald's, Wendy's, uh, you know, Red Rooster, all these places that have originated out of America are actually over here, Starbucks, et cetera, you know? Um, you know, like McDonald's in Australia is one of the biggest Uh, probably one of the biggest uh, known uh, fast rubbish food you'd ever want to know about anyway. (laughs) They do make good coffee. I've got to give them that, Yeah, (laughs) and ice cream. You know,
1: I mean, you better tell people where exactly in Australia you're based at.
2: Okay, well, uh, we're on the Murray... I live about three-quarters of a mile away from the Murray River and the Murray River is the sixth biggest river in the world. You've got your your Nile, your Amazon, your Mississippi, your Missouri. Then you've got the Darling River, which is about 50 miles north of me, uh, probably 100 miles north of me, which runs into the Murray River. But uh, the Darling River starts up in Queensland, which is right up on the uh, east coast of Australia. Um, And I I live uh, on the Murray River between a place called Mildura, which is about two and a half hours away, that's where I was born and that's where I grew up, and Melbourne, which is the capital city of uh, Victoria, which is a southern state in Victoria. I live four and a half hours north of that Adla- at a beautiful little uh, rural city called Swan Hill. Um, so 40 miles above me is a desert and 60 miles below me is a desert.
1: <laughs> Great.
2: And now Swan Hill is the largest producing stone fruit area in Australia. Apricots, ap- um, uh, pears, uh, oh, not the pears, um, any stone fruit, you know, uh, nectarines, etc., like that. Peaches. Uh, this is the biggest producing stone fruit area in Australia here. Wow! And then, as I said, we've got 60 miles below us and 40 miles above us. We've got deserts and we've got a, a massive broad acre area of wheat, barley, maize, etc., cetera, uh, for, you know, all um, grain foods, et cetera, and, you know, naturally uh, bread, etc. cetera, where you grind wheat into bread. Uh, but we, we've got a, a fairly big expanse Our Rain, uh, we had a pretty wet winter, a pretty wet summer, and last year we had um, one in 100-year floods. Which um, our, the road going across the bridge uh, about a half mile from my place, we had levee banks on both sides of the road to stop the water coming across. Wow! Um, my house didn't go under, uh, didn't even get water on my property, on my vast 10 acreage with kangaroos. <laughs> uh, and now we've got high water again because of the amount of rain that has dropped in New South Wales, which is our northern state, one of our northern states, and out of Queensland. So the Darling River and the Edward and the Murrumbidgee River um, are pouring a lot of water down through here, which is filtering into the Murray over in the eastern states of Australia too. So uh, we got high water again, not the height of the flood, but uh, probably only uh, four feet off the height because we had a pretty extensive flood this year, like last year actually. It was was exciting to see, you know, the beautiful uh, Murray, and a lot of the boats and everything uh, coming, you know, they, they shut the river naturally because of all the uh, floating logs and trees and stuff. Um, because naturally water, as you well know, when it floods, it will drag a lot of black water into yeah. the river, uh, which Some is the basis of the forests, And it can actually start poisoning the fish because it like, uh, kills the oxygen in the water.
1: Gee, I didn't know that you, you were... Get the- I, I, You're getting a real nature study here. I was going to say, you know, the funny <laughs> thing was that we didn't know that you were four hours away from Melbourne. I mean, we took a look yeah. at it. They have again here. For, thank God for YouTube. It's like Melbourne yeah. at night. You know, a nice city, but man, they got a lot of like bars and clubs and stuff like that. You see a lot, of, a lot of nightlife going on there. It seems like a pretty yeah. cool city. You know, but then they show it like is. there's a train. That goes through the outback or front back or wherever that thing is and it is nothing 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 little stop nothing 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 I mean it is like nothing there there it's you're right here's your desert and all that other stuff however how many drag strips now because you have all that land and not a whole lot going on in certain parts how many drag strips does Australia have
2: Uh, We've got Darwin, which is the northern capital in Northern Territory, right up on the top of Australia. they have got uh, what's called Hidden Valley. Then you've got the Red Centre, where I went last year when I got home from Cleveland uh, at Alice Springs. And that train you were talking about is called the GAN, G-H-A-N, GAN. Okay. And it follows uh, the Afghan camel route. From southern Australia, where the Afghan camels and Afghanis, Australia's got more camels than um, the Middle East. Really? We have the largest camel population in Australia because they've been allowed to run wild. They were brought out here many, many, many years ago, and they've been allowed to run wild throughout Australia. So we've got the biggest population of wild camels in Australia now. But uh, the the train that runs from Adelaide in the south, which is South Australia's capital, right up to Darwin now, is called the GAN because it follows the Afghan camel route. So that's the train you were talking about. But getting yeah. back to uh, drag strip, there's Alice Springs, Northern Territory. There is uh, Darwin in Northern Territory. Then you go into South Australia, and there's the brand new uh, Bend Dragway at Talon Bend, which is about an hour out of Adelaide. You've got Adelaide International Dragway. You've got Wyala, uh, which is the Steel City, which is one of my favourite tracks I go to. That's nine hours from here by driving. Then into Western Australia, you've got Kaiwana, which is the Western Australian Motorplex. Then coming back into uh, Victoria, uh, you've got Portland, Warnable, Casterton, uh, Mildura. Us here at Swan Hill, and we're still not open yet, you've got Calder Park, and then you've got um, Albury use an airstrip, and so to Griffith use an airstrip. Then you go into New South Wales, you've got Tamworth, Armadale, uh, Sydney. Um, Tarra use their airport. Port Macquarie use their airport. Then you get up to uh, near Brisbane, out to Willowbank, which is uh, where we have our winter nationals. Then you've got Springmount. You've got Benarabi, uh, and then you've got Townsville. So we've built, in the last 12 months, there's been three new drag strips built around Australia. Wow. Mm. Wow. We've only got a population of 26 million people here in Australia, So, um, and we are a fair way apart. Like I, I told you before, when I travel over to Wyala to commentate there, I drive nine hours to get there, and then last year... Um, I drove, uh, what was it, um, 1,820 miles to Alice Springs from my home to commentate up there. I landed here on the Tuesday, drove to, uh, drove to Port Augusta on the Thursday, Friday, we dr- uh, no, sorry, Wednesday, I spent a night here, introduced myself to my family and my, and my lovely Claire Next day, I jumped in the car and I drove to Port Augusta. Then, from Port Augusta, I drove up to Alice Springs. So, and I was up there on the microphone for a couple of days and had a fantastic time. So, that was uh, the the travelling distance I did last year in July was 37,000 kilometres or 23,900 miles or something. Wow. Uh, just following drag racing.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Jeez.
2: But it was well worth, mate. Like, it was well worth every kilometre, every mile I did. Yeah.
1: But what are you doing there with Alan? Are you are you uh, calling the races there? Are you hanging there? What, yes. What do you do? You, you're calling races at all these places? Wow. Yes. Oh, not all of them. No, I did Alice
2: Springs last year, but I, um, I did uh, in the last twelve months. I've done eight at Wyala. I've done eight at Mildura. I did four at Portland. Um, I did Cleveland. Yes. Um. What else did I do? Uh, I've done a, a, a lot of auction work too this year and I went back to Wyala and did the uh, Steel City Nats, which was the, the burnout go-to-wode competition. That was a, that was an eye-opener. And um, I'm a Rotarian also. I'm joining the Rotary Club with my partner, Claire, who's just become president of our local Rotary Club. So we've had three dinners this week going to president-elect Rotary uh, dinners and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so we've we we've been busy, mate. Yeah, it's been good. Plus work. I try and <laughs> scratch a little bit of painting in with this too. You know.
1: <laughs> good lord, man! I mean, how much more can you possibly do? All right, you're dead a long time. <laughs> you're dead a long time, mate. So you try and put
2: as much as you can into it. You know.
1: You know, it's kind of amazing, Alan. How much at drag racing? Because really, Sweden has a whole lot I mean, when you think of drag racing anywhere else, you think of Santa Pod in the U.K. Yep. and Sweden does, you know, they're really coming on. Gee, I didn't know that that Australia had so many tracks. I mean, these are legitimate yeah. quarter-mile tracks? Hmm. Uh,
2: not all quarter miles. We've got a lot of eight-mile tracks. Mildura's eight-mile, Portland's eight-mile, Wyala's eight-mile, Benarabee, in Queensland is eight. Uh, Springmount's a quarter. Willowbank's a quarter. Sydney's a quarter. Cole is a quarter. Uh, we're a quarter here at um, Swan Hill. Uh, Western Australia's a quarter. Adelaide International and, and the Bend are a quarter. So, uh, But we've got a lot of little tracks around the t- around the area too, which it makes for interesting racing. Um, I did Heathcote this year too. Uh, we had... A three day event at Heathcote where it was a drag and drive and that was a lot of fun that was only last month um, we did uh, first day at Heathcote, second day at Mildura and third day back at Heathcote, that was a, a, a real lot of fun and we'll be doing that again in November this year, we'll be doing on the Ballarat airstrip, we'll then go to Portland which is an 8th mile then we will go out to Caston which is an 8th mile, then we'll come back to uh, Ballarat and that'll be drive your car, drag race your car, drive your car, drag race your car.
1: I mean, is that becoming really popular over there now, Alan? It is, yeah. You drag and
2: drive. um, uh, We've got the Street Machine uh, Drag Challenge, and you have the Drag Challenge in America too, which is very big. Um, It's pretty much copycat, but a good mate of mine, Dave Curtis, he went in the street machine drag challenge, which they get up to two hundred they get two hundred and fifty entries in it, which is impressive for Australia. And um, he thought, well, we were getting one run at each track and then you had to drive, so it wasn't really a lot of fun. So Dave and a few of his friends and his family got together and they we've just run what was called the Central Victorian Drag and Drive. And he put a cap on the entry of fifty cars. We had fifty start and fifty finish. So we're doing it again later in the year, putting a cap on. at 70 cars, 70 entries. And that'll be a lot of fun too because it wasn't big budget. It was just, right, have yourself three or four days off from work, go out, have a bit of fun, then get back to work type of thing. And it was. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of new people and everything. And, you know, it was uh, one of those things at the start of the week, you know, there was kind of 20 or 30 strangers type of thing. At the end of the week, you had 20, 30 extra mates, you know.
1: Wow, but, I mean, man, if you have that many cars doing that, I mean, is that popular all around or is that just popular in a certain part of Australia?
2: No, uh, we will get, for the Street Machine Drag Challenge, they came down from northern Queensland and out of Western Australia to do it. So they've traveled a fair way. Um, Alan Jarvis came from Western Australia. Now, from my house here, where we they came through Mildura to go, uh, came through Mildura to Swan Hill and then they went on down to Calder Park Um, they used us as a a night stop over here now from where Jarbo lives in Western Australia to my house, I'll just try and convert this back to miles, it's 2140 odd miles that he drove to get to the start line and then does the five days racing and then goes back home to Western Australia All right. a fair distance.
1: It's amazing to us that that goes on like that, Alan. You know, it's only because it's mimicking so much that's going on in the United States. I mean, as much as nostalgia drags were really, really big about two, three years ago before COVID, this drag and drive Mm -hmm. thing's really catching fire.
2: Yes, yes. Well, it is. it's, It's a budget sport. And that's the beauty about it. You can drive the car you want to race on the road. It's got to be a registered vehicle, and it's got to comply with insurance and roadworthiness, et cetera. Yeah. Um, And the beauty about it is you drive it to the track, you race it, and then you drive it to the next track, and you race it, then you drive it to the, the next track, and so on, depending on how many tracks you have. So... um that's what it's all about mate and it was a a lot of fun and a lot of people met a lot of people we had a few cars break Uh, we got we picked up parts for them here there and everywhere and got them back on the road Um, they were racing again we had one bloke break an axle in Wow! so one of the local boys shot into town got him all the bearings and axle (laughs) parts and everything like that went out there they jacked him up whacked it in and he was back on the road within about an hour and a half to two hours (sighs) Man,
1: I mean, think about it. Even if you – could you conceivably go to – I mean, not while they're racing, but from your house, could you go to every one of the drag strips in Australia in one week? Or would it take you a lot longer just to go there?
2: It would take me – if I drove from my house to Darwin, it would take me four days to get there. (laughs) Driving.
1: Okay, answered the question. And to get to Western
2: <laughs> Australia, it would take me about four days to drive to Western Australia to get to Kijuana.
1: I mean, what, Alan, is Australia doing? Because I take it there's probably no NHRA tracks down there. I mean, what are they doing to promote the sport? Obviously, whatever they're doing is doing a great job. They've
2: just got uh, National Drag Racing Championships. They bought out a new National Drag Racing Championships to try and encompass. Yeah, this is another American uh, following thing, which I think is a great thing, Eastern and Western conferences.
0: <laughs>
2: so that uh, they can... They used to have, in the last 12 months, and they still will have it until it runs out. Um, I think it runs out just after Christmas. But there's a summit. Uh, we, summit have followed us over here for a couple of years with the Australian Championship Summit Rounds. And... Uh, so that's been going on, but that's pretty much been... Anyone can travel down... Because most of them are down south where it is. It was an Australian National Drag Racing sanctioned event through Summit. Wow. Uh, through Summit Racing Parts as the Australian Championship. So anyone from anywhere in Australia could follow it, but they had to follow it. They went to Darwin, uh, Northern Territory, Sydney mainly down because there's a lot more drag strips down on the eastern and southern side of Australia. So that's where the bulk of the racing was done. But this year what they're doing is having an eastern and a western conference where a couple of the tracks will be in both eastern and western conference. And what they'll do is they'll have a championship for the eastern conference. So you win the grand final there. Then you'll go to the national uh, drag racing where east versus west type of thing to find your actual... Uh, a true Australian champion. Wow! And uh, that will happen here, and uh, purely and simply because you have it in America with your NFL, your football, your Eastern Western Conference, and that's purely by population over there. In Australia, it's purely by distance, <laughs> because you look yeah, at the Tasman. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty much central south of Australia where I live. It takes me four days to get to Darwin and four days to get to uh, Western Australia. Uh, it'll take me uh, a day to get to Sydney, then another day, two days to get to Brisbane, and then Townsville in the North will take me another day and a half. So there's three and a half days of driving to get to Townsville in the North. So And four days to get to Darwin right up on the top of Australia in the Northern Territory. So when you look at things like that, it's purely a distance thing because... Uh, you know, you're coming, you know, four days of driving. To, And the funny thing is we, um, when you look at it, if you're going down a quarter-mile drag strip, you do, say, four qualifiers, and you might get three passes or something like that. So you've wow. driven 2,500 miles <laughs> so that you can race for a mile and a half.
1: <laughs> Welcome to drag and then got racing. 2,500 miles back, yeah. Oh, man. All right, so now... I mean, we're seeing some surprising trends now in drag racing around here. I mean, just in the midwest. we're look, we're finding that there's a lot of front engine dragsters now coming back into vogue. And I mean, not just for the uh, nostalgia races, but I mean, they're doing in in certain classes, and it's like you, you folks remember reason why they don't have front engine dragsters, but evidently folks either forgot or safety came up better. I mean, everybody digs the front-engine ones, but, I mean, are you seeing a lot down there? Uh,
2: a lot of cars. We still get a lot. We Our drag races here, um, we've still got a lot of front-engine dragsters still running in just your normal class, modified class racing and uh, junior fuel. Uh, but your rear-engine dragsters usually are up in your modified where you're getting big-engine dragsters and into your supercharged Outlaws. But then again, we still have a couple of our supercharged outlaws over here, front-engine dragsters, you know? Um, Like, uh, we've got a gentleman over here named Warren Leonard. His brother actually is uh, racing a fuel alternate in America. (laughs) Wow. Now, Warren, when he runs supercharged outlaw, we've just got to check with him before he races. Are you running modified bike or supercharged outlaw? because he has been known to get this thing up on the two wheels, and I don't mean his front wheels in the air. I mean either he's both his left wheels or both his right wheels in the air. Oops. And once the foot goes down with Warren, it doesn't come back up until he goes through the traps at the other end. (laughs) He's a good guy, and he knows how to drive. He comes from a big family of drag racing. His father, Len, uh, was a real character. Len drove till he's about 74 or 75 years old, and um, he was a real character, Lenny. They've got uh, the Old Grange Speed Shop still in Adelaide. Wow. Um, the drag racing was running through their blood. <laughs>
1: you know, and we have some, uh, some listeners that are sending you, Alan Ward, some questions on from the uh, CKWI Radio 76 hotline email, and I'm going to paraphrase this one. Alan, it's, uh, the email says, all right, so if I can paraphrase this, it's basically, if you're going to be calling the race for three days, how do you prepare for that? Well, that's a good question.
2: Oh, a nice hot chair in the morning and a
1: shave, cup of coffee, and go to work. <laughs> 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 Who sent that uh, to me, mate? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's a long, long day. I mean, think about it. What folks don't understand, it's like, yes, Alan gets to sit up there, and it's air-conditioned for the most part, however... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, there is sometimes it can get a little bit uh, tensionville, not because of Alan, but because what's going on with Race Central and the director, and maybe some bad communication going. On. Not bad, but lagging communication going down from the tracks himself, and then they got to get back to Alan and say, Alan, hurry up and call these people now. But no, no, don't call those mm. people. Call these people. No, no, no. Forget what we just said. Do this. Do this now, and then. Think about it, Alan's gotta speak nonstop from like eight AM in the morning to midnight. Non stop. I mean, yeah, you can have a Coke here, there, and everywhere, you know, and powder your nose here and there, but this is the man's gig for three whole days and a lot of <laughs> some American names are not that easy to pronounce. I mean, yeah, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, how do you keep your energy up?
2: Um it's like thing, uh, uh, and we do it because we love it. Um, it's a passion, um, and when it comes to when things happen, as you remember, we had a couple of uh, on-track incidents last year where mm. that gentleman in the Falcon intentionally pushed the Willies into the wall to stop it from rolling. Yeah, and things like that—that that was just brilliant bit of driving um, on behalf of the man in the Falcon. He's we don't know what happened if he didn't push that car into the wall, but if it started to rolling, who knows what could have happened? And then, when things like that happen, it's a matter of observing what is going on and just pretty much calling it. If there's going to be something catastrophic or something you don't want to, you wouldn't like to hear about, you just go silent for a second and see what happens. And uh, if there is a an accident on the track, you won't hear me talk until I've got news from either the race director or and all I want to know is, is the driver OK? That's all I want to know, and then I'll reiterate that out to uh, the, the uh, audience. But as far as everything else is, it's pretty much, as you saw last year, and as you do yourself too, John, it's observation and tell people what you see. But, um, basically, you know, the excitement of seeing cars go fast and what man can achieve to make a car go fast and what man can achieve to keep that car in a straight line on a drag strip. Because as you know, with with drag racing, that car is very, very powerful and what it wants to do, it wants to go as fast as it can with you pushing your foot on the pedal. And the violence inside a cabin of a car is something that only drag racers know about because you're strapped in for a very good reason in case you have an accident, but you're strapped in too to keep yourself in control of the car too because when you're putting your foot down, and you, you know, like in a top fuel car, you've got 10,000 horsepower about to develop behind you, so you're going to be thrown around a fair bit and you've got to be in a position <laughs> yeah. where you know what's about to happen. So all I like to do is just observe of what's going on and try and paint that picture to the people.
1: Yeah, and because we're going to be broadcasting in 74 countries around the world, some of them, hit, I mean, we're going to have the four cameras on here. Evidently, we got some new equipment coming on. We may have the Allen cam this year, which oh, you get lovely. to see Allen Ward call the race on a little corner wow. of the the screen, and then you get to see um, everything else going on. So we're working out those details.
2: Ladies and gentlemen from CKIW Radio seventy six in Detroit, I do apologise for the Allen cam already.
1: Okay. <laughs> nah, nah I mean, well, but here's
2: good looking. Here's a story. Got a hold.
1: <laughs> don't don't be like like some folks that were up in the booth and they're putting their fingers in their noses. Not good when you're on camera. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, I mean, we run that little... We, we still have the, that part of the video, and we run it here in the lobby, you know. And it's like we want to bring it with us when we go down there. If we see these kind of friends again and go, see this? It's a reason why big pros from Cleveland there. Well, good God. Anyways, little inside Ooh. stuff. You know, the funny thing is that we do should find alan that, that guy from the falcon or the falcon guy because you know having a year to to sit about it and think about that i mean he hmm. really did save the day i mean i wouldn't mind going up and shaking his hand and going that was great thinking buddy
2: yeah well through the day i think it was a day later he came out and the front of his car was damaged but he got the car running again Really? And he ran he ran it without front guards and uh, what we call a bonnet you call it a hood over there. Yeah.
0: Um
2: so he ran it without the front on the car, uh, no uh, bodywork on the car. But unfortunately it didn't run the way he wanted to. Yeah. And he was parked down just under the tower. So I made a point then for people walking past and giving him a slap on the back and telling him well done for what he did because When he got out of his car, after he stopped his car, he got out and ran straight to the back of the willies where the power switch and possibly a fuel pump switch is too. So he went straight to the back of the willies and he turned them off and then went around to the driver's side to see if the driver was okay. And luckily, the driver was unstrapping and getting out of the car too. So that, in a matter of seconds, that bloke prevented a bad accident... Yeah. Switched everything off in his own car, switched everything off in the other wife's car, and got around to the driver's side to see if he was okay. And that to me is care in a person just takes over. And that's, you know, it puts faith back into humankind when you see things like that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, really. That
2: we just care about each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing that you go on autopilot. You know, and it's like yes. you, he's seeing this all going on in real time and this isn't like folks getting on the freeway. I mean, this, these guys were actually getting it going and for this yeah. guy to, to think fast enough to put him in the wall as opposed to having them tip and flip all the time and then to turn get out of his thing, get in the you know, forget about his safety because he didn't yes. know if that car was leaking gas. You know, he didn't know exactly. what was he didn't know what he was going to see when he looked through that window. You know, but I mean, it was brilliant. We got to find that guy. You know, it, it's we got probably. I think we do too.
2: Mm. Yeah. I think we do too, because you're exactly right too, John. He when he got out of his own car, he didn't know whether there was a fracture in a fuel line even in his own car. Yeah. Let alone in the willies. and he got out without any thought for himself. and to care for another friend, and uh, you know that. That to me is just brilliant. You know, people who put themselves in danger after something like that's happened. But, um, you know, we run in a controlled atmosphere and then it was seconds later that the track crew got there and the fireys got there. So that was brilliant too the uh, anticipation of something may happen or something will happen. And they're sitting there, you know, engine idling type of thing just in case mm-hmm. and when it does happen, they're there quickly. So, but, uh, you know, the, the track was clean up. Ronnie and his crew got there and cleaned up the cars, cleaned up the track and everything like that. We got back racing. And two gentlemen now are good mates because, unfortunately, they ran into each other. But <laughs> that's the beauty about it. You
1: mm-hmm. know, and 42 has, Dragway 42 has a really good EMT system there. You know, they, they have they the do. emergency mm-hmm. crews right there. I mean, every drag strip should have, you know, EMTs ready to go, some kind of fudge that a little bit, you know. But mm. but 42, it's just a blast to go to, just the way that where the spectators can sit, you know, on the grass on both sides and stuff. It's one of our mm. favorite yeah. strips to go to.
2: It's a beautiful little canyon-style raceway.
1: Yeah. Where,
2: where you've got a natural uh, amphitheater there looking down and where the cars when they come into the staging lanes, they can disconnect from their tow vehicles, so there is nothing but race cars there. And then you just run down under the um, you know, the force of uh, gravity. The car just rolls down the track until uh, they, they get down there so they don't have to worry about, uh, unless they're a fuel car who requires um, a handheld starter... Um, you know, they'll, they'll re- require the utility there with them. Yeah. But in most other uh, classes, as you saw last year, we had anything what a 120, 130 cars down in the staging lane at any one time. And all their um, tow vehicles and extra like that can get back to an area where they can actually watch their car race, then they can meet them down at recovery at the other end.
1: Yeah, you know, and we were talking to Don, it's phenomenal that it's 25 bucks, as you Americans say, Um to, per night to get in this, you get ten bands. I, I think it's five yes. rock and roll bands a night, and then you get all day of racing. I think Saturday isn't is Saturday, and and you might correct me on this one. I think it's from eight a.m. till midnight, isn't it? The racing.
2: I, yes, I think it is. It's going to be a big day, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you get
2: very big day. Hey,
1: yeah. you got the the wheelie. Um, competition, you got the burnout competition, you got the jet truck. That's gonna mm-hmm. be interesting.
2: Uh the twin top fuel twin seat top fuel car will be back.
1: Yeah, yeah, Larry Dixon will be there with the two X. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and then you get to see all these beautiful, you know I mean there's seven different classes I think of race cars mm. that are going to be down there. I know the funny cars won't be there. You know, for, for whatever reason, because they, they had a couple last year, but that's eh, okay. You know, as long as you keep the flow going, you know, this that's is going to be the best 25 bucks. any. I mean, it would cost you 25 bucks to see a band or two bands, let alone a whole day of drag racing and five bands. And they get to hear the harmonic tones of Alan Ward up there. I mean, that's hard. Oh, worth look, well, let's. Worth- that's worth a whole three three dollars <laughs> of the twenty five, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, well, even then, so you know, if you divvy that up, you know, I mean, five dollar cover charge to see Alan Ward, you know, or hear Alan Ward. If you want to see him, that's an extra twenty five. You
2: know? now, John Sava. may I just correct you? Just <laughs> yeah. Air, yeah,
1: that's why we're
2: behind I'm the Alan camera. <laughs> I'm Alan Ward from Australia who loves doing what he is. I'm no one special, mate. I just love doing what I'm doing. So, yeah. You... Um, the more people I meet, the more friends I have, and I'm not looking at being Mr. Popularity or anything like that. I just want to go over here and have a lot of fun, and anyone who wants to come up and say g'day and everything like that will be fantastic, you know, because... Um, meeting new friends, new culture, seeing new people, et cetera, like that. that's what it's all about. That's why I, I do it, you know. Um, and right, getting right back to that question that came through, how do I prepare for it? Yeah. Um, it's pretty much uh, I do a pit walk in the morning. I'll be bringing red frogs. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, here we I'll, go. I'll be bringing the red frogs. Um, I'll do my little wander around the pitch Thursday (laughs) night and Friday morning and Saturday morning. I'll talk to as many people as I can to find out about their cars and when the cars appear out into the staging lanes or onto the strip, all I really need to do is give about 8 to 10 seconds of information about the car, that it's a, you know, we'll say it's a 1963 Chevrolet that's got a 400 400 cubic inch Chevrolet engine in it running, you know, enderly injection and the driver's name is Fred Brown, and he's from, um, you know, Cleveland, uh, Muncie in, um, in, um, in Illinois, you know. Um, just little things like that, so that people get to say, oh, you know, there's Fred Brown from Illinois again, and, you know, there's that beautiful Biscayne of Ricky Costick's car, and, you know, there's Larry Dixon in the twin car running, you know, the 500 uh, cubic inch top fuel with the you know helicoil uh, supercharger um, you know etc. and that's all you really need to give is just that little bit of information because if you drone on as you well know with every other um, <laughs> specification the car's got people are getting to say who's this clan why did they bring him you
1: know yeah
2: but it's all about having fun and if I can my rule is if I'm having fun the rule is everyone else must have fun too so. Uh, I encourage people to come and say g'day on the microphone, come and say g'day to me, tell me something funny that I can reiterate out to the people. You know, and it's just, it's all about that, John, as you well know, last year we had a ball together last year. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is intending to have another fantastic time this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and, time to go watch Donnie do his thing and, uh, Mary Ann and Ron and everybody from forty two do yeah. theirs. I mean it's it's almost once it gets going, this machine doesn't stop. And you're you're gonna start broadcasting when? Friday? I mean calling calling the races Friday at what? At noon?
2: Um, whenever they start. I think I'll be talking to Don. I I think there is the briefing at ten o'clock in the morning, so I'll pretty much start just after the briefing. Um, of you know introductions, etc., and what's doing and how, but CKIW Radio 76 out of Detroit is going to be live streaming, and that'll go on my Facebook page, mm. uh, which will come back to a lot of friends throughout America and throughout Australia and into Santa Pod. Uh, we've got currently got a couple of boys over in Santa Pod, the uh, Paul Stephen and his lovely wife Diana, are over there racing their Supercharged Outlaw at Santa Pod at the moment. There's Adele McDonald from Ireland, and her, uh, she runs some junior dragsters with her kids. They'll be at the same meeting at Santa Pod, and they'll be catching up with Paul and Dara and Stephen. And then we've got Anne Mandel-Jorgensen um, out of Denmark, who's a drag racing photographer.
0: Wow. And her
2: and her husband go to a lot. They watch us through Drag Race Central, our live streaming out of all here in Australia. Um, so these are people we've become friends with And that's how I actually got to, a, to America Through Ken and Denise at No Static Radio They uh, contacted Mark through Drag Racing Central Who contacted me and I happened to be in Phoenix that weekend Just um, watching as a spectator at Wild Horse uh, Watching the Mellow Yellow Championships over there then And um, I contacted No Static and uh, we had a bit of a chat on the radio and uh, that led to an invitation and uh, constant radio shows and everything. I spoke to them yesterday and I'll be speaking to them again Monday just before we board the aeroplane. So um, that's how it all started of me coming to America to commentate. Wow. And I've loved it, loved every second of it. Hmm. And love the people I meet too. You know, my old course, I love you all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's an amazing thing because you got to geek up for three days. I mean, when you normally call a race, do you normally call uh, a three day race or do you just get in on um, Saturday and go?
2: Well, I've done uh, 90% of, or oh, probably 80% of uh, my races are day jobs from, you know, say eight in the morning going through to about 11 at night. Uh, the summit rounds are usually a two-day, the are rounds are two days, so that's from 10 till about 10. That's about 12 hours a day. And then um, I've done a couple of three-day events when the Alice Springs was a three-day event, but I was working with two other commentators up there.
0: Wow. So
2: that gave the voice box a little bit of a break, but... You may remember on the Sunday morning I came out a little bit croaky Until I had a couple of coffees And then the voice started uh, Tuning back up again But um. Yeah, I, I didn't speak much on the airplane coming home, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, really, I mean, do you, like, just have, like, a glass of ice next to you? I mean, how do you keep your throat from just being raw? Because the, the excitement that goes on, you know, the the better callers of races just don't sit there and read the names. That you know, You're right, here's Al Smith. And a black Camaro, there he goes. That doesn't, you know, the good ones like yourself, like Nick Jenowek, whatever, they're the ones that they're your pals talking to you from up top, and they're as excited as you are, you know, and that's what gets everybody going.
2: That's what I like to do is I like to put myself down there that, um, and you'll notice when, uh, like last year, my friends Wanda and Todd Johnson in that beautiful 39 Plymouth, Mm Tiffin Pink. She won her class on Saturday, and they invited me down to the winners' circle, being uh, their photo with them. And then she won again on the Sunday. So, and the invitation is there again. It was so lovely to see them, and you, you see them coming, and you feel that you're sitting in the car with them, urging them on. You know, tell them have a great day. You know, and and if I can get my enthusiasm through the microphone, of how much I love the racing and the people. Yeah. And, and people think, well, this is good fun too, this bloke put me right in the picture, that's what I want, you know, so that people can get there and say, oh, we listened to the drags today or we went out the drag zone and fellow on the microphone was, he was as silly as buggery and he, <laughs> you know, he, he had good fun and everything like that and we got a good laugh. And people talk about you like that or they walk past, oh, you did a great job and everything, that means a million dollars to me that they've had a good time too. You know, geez, we enjoyed you. It was good fun listening to you. If they say that, that means my job is done properly and I got what I wanted out of it. Um, You have that little selfish thing, you know, you do it because, yes, there is a little bit of ego in it, but two, the main part is if you can help someone else enjoy themselves, you will, and that's what I like about it. Yeah. You know, the amount of friends are going, that's where the red frogs come into it, John. <laughs> Walk around, just hand out a few red frogs, you know, people get there and say, what's this, you know, and you, you give better them a red tell, frog, put
1: on their face. Tell folks what a red frog is, we know, but.
2: Yeah, a red frog is a jelly-type <laughs> lolly that I believe, uh, shaped like a frog, obviously, that's why it's a red frog, it's a raspberry-flavored jelly lolly, but I believe you have a a piece, a over or candy, as you call it, uh, Mm. called a Swiss fish. Um, (laughs) That's the closest thing I believe that is uh, what my red frogs are. And these red frogs, I took them to my track here in uh, Swan Hill one day. And I just walked around with a bag of red frogs and handed them out. And everyone seemed to enjoy it, got a good laugh because everyone enjoys a red frog. And so that, become a thing, I'm not allowed to go to tracks unless I have a bag of red frogs now. Because <laughs> everyone, turn, I turn up at the track and everyone goes, here comes the red frogs, you know. So, And it's just, it puts a smile on people's faces, it relaxes them or whatever it does. You know, if it makes them feel good, my job is done. That's what I feel, you know. Um, and it's not a job too. As you well know, anything you enjoy never becomes work. Yeah, you know, like my trade, I'm a painter by trade, and I look at it this way. I don't, I don't go to work every day. I go and do something I enjoy doing.
1: It's an amazing yeah. thing, man. I mean, are you like packed already? Are you set ready to go? No, I'll pack tomorrow. I'll pack tomorrow.
2: tomorrow? Um, I've got the red frogs there. I've got some Australian <laughs> flags to bring over there. I've got an Australian flag for you.
0: Okay. All I've, right.
2: I've, I've got a nice big Australian flag for you, and. Um, <laughs> So I'll bring across the red frogs, the Australian flags, and uh, some clothing, and uh, my my beautiful Claire.
1: <laughs> I mean, does the Australian um, government give you anything for being such the ambassador of the country?
2: They allow me to live here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll put this way: They let me pay tax. Like, they let
2: me pay tax. Aren't they incredibly... Generous people,
1: (laughs) (laughs) huh? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, I mean, and you know what, John? They'll let me pay taxes as long as I want to, too. (laughs) Yeah. Really? I mean, they—they're not going to turn you down. All right. So now, in the few seconds that we got remaining, where can people? I mean, yes, they're going to hear you on uh, on our station. Coming up in let's see, we're going to be there. We're going to get into West Salem, probably about. 4 o'clock maybe, about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and set up camp and stuff. But they're going to hear you on our airwaves and see you on our our live stream on Friday and Saturday, maybe a little bit of Sunday. Um, Yep. But besides Dragway 42 and Rock and Race, where can people find you? Where can people, if they want to say, hey, I want to see more about this jolly fellow, where can they uh, (laughs) look you up at?
2: The easiest way to look me up is on Facebook. Uh, My name is Alan Ward, A-L-A-N-W-A-R-D, and um, my profile page uh, is a picture of my drag strip at my Swan Hill uh, Dragway. That's an overhead, you'll see that. And then there's uh, a picture of me at the top wearing my black cap, black shirt, and I've got a pair of twin microphones. Uh, that shot was taken at Wiala in South Australia a couple of years ago, and it made me look trim, and it made me look like <laughs> I was well-muscled. So that's that's why that's there. Cool. Um, <laughs> and they can look me up on Facebook, just Alan Ward, and just keep clicking through until I see Alan Ward. If they put in Alan Ward drag racing or something like that, because my, my page is 99% uh, drag racing, and the other one percent is uh, rubbishing rubbish politicians.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, well keep but, them honest. Yeah,
2: oh, hey, well they allow me to pay tax, so they've yeah. got to get a little bit back,
1: you know. Yeah. it's
2: amazing. Um, but that's where a lot of people can find me. And if you do have a look up and everything, uh, please send me through Messenger of who you are and where you're from and just say that you heard me on CKIW Radio 76 out of Detroit and uh, look forward to catching up with you when I get to uh, Dragway 42 on uh, probably, what is it, we get there late Tuesday evening, which will be the 4th, so it'll be probably the 6th, uh, probably the 7th. But yeah. I'll be there on Thursday the 7th, uh, sorry, fr- Friday the 7th, 8th, nine. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, so that's for sure. I'll be in the box those three days up in the tower. But uh, if anyone sees me wandering around with the microphone and my cap on or something like that, the bag of red frogs, please come up and say good day to me.
1: <laughs> He's and, an amazing, uh, amazing guy, isn't he, Alan Ward here? You're going to hear him, and you're in for a treat. He's going to be doing dragway... Forty two next this weekend coming up, not this one right now, but the one after fourth of mm-hmm. July. So slagger your, your hungover bodies if you can't make it down to West Salem, Ohio for the rock and race, then you'll be able to hear Alan in the privacy of your own home that you pay taxes in. Uh, and you get to exactly. hear Alan and you get to see Alan for free. And again, you'll be able to email Alan questions at Hotline at CKWI Radio Seventy Six when we get down there. Yeah, you know, so that'll be excellent. Yeah, you can talk to him live. Alan, thanks so very much for being with us. Thanks, John. Quite. And I we, look
2: forward to getting over there.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to having you over here, and we're looking forward to seeing mm. you on Friday.
2: Yes, mate. Yeah, look forward to catching up with you and Susie and the crew from CKIW 76 radio out of detroit
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: uh mike thanks for the phone call it's been good fun chatting with you again yeah and uh, i'm looking forward to meeting you again give you a big hug and a kiss right
1: yeah okay <laughs> and
2: there's, there's plenty of hugs and kisses coming from australia you know that <laughs> thanks
1: all right alan thanks a lot man we'll see you friday good on you john take care buddy all see right you then. bye now alan ward bye. from australia I'm telling you, you hear him, this is exactly what he's like. I mean, normally sometimes people have like that, you know, the public version of them and the private version of them. That's Alan Ward is, this is what you get, you know. I mean, it's God bless that, not maybe all Australians, but Alan Ward is just the way that he's he's raised. But, I mean, he... um, definitely does restore uh, your faith in, in humanity of, of good people that still walk on the earth. Uh, and you're going to see them on Friday. Friday and Saturday here on the only station that gives a damn about the greatest sport on earth, and that's drag racing. Wait till you hear Alan Ward Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Here on CKW. <laughs> Hi. Radio 76.